You know how you can tell a real doctor, by the way, as opposed to someone who's faked their degree? Mm. Two things. They tell you doctors don't make as much money as they used to. That's the first one. Because <laughs> every freaking doctor does that they now. They do. They love it. They and do. And two is they complain about the information system. Yeah. Like if you want to identify, oh, yeah, if you yeah, want to yeah, identify yeah. a can fake doctor. Can you believe doctor, this thing? Yeah. A fake doctor will tell you, I'm very happy with where I am and I like managing data <laughs> using it. Like if they went to like some non-medical school, if they're like lying in their doctorate <laughs> in like economics. Yeah. That's, that's how you can tell. You know every what they love doctor, doing? Every doctor loves bringing up how their kids are better at computers than they are. Oh yeah. It's like, one. you should see. My daughter on a on a on a phone. It's just, crazy, and this is what I'm using here. Until every doctor for 15 years, yeah, you know, doctors don't make the kind of money that they used to. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. It's, yeah, uh, a lot of know, people don't do that. A lot of people associate being a doctor. You know, it used to be really quite a career, but now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Paul. Yes, sir. I've been really interested in of late this term that swirls around consulting and frankly swirls around big companies. The term is digital transformation. DT. DT for short. And what it represents, and here's I'm going to try a plain English definition of it, is that the days of just getting a, a technology project up and running mm-hmm. isn't enough, that you have to think about your whole business in terms of the world has changed, technology is part of everything, and it needs to be a part of how your business works, okay? Okay. One of the things that is a key pillar of digital transformation, and this has been also fascinating to see, is that part of it is that people, consumers, are probably going to interact with your company not just by going to a storefront or picking something up off a supermarket shelf or just getting a prescription from your doctor. That people are fully digitized in terms of how they interact with the world and that's how they need to interact with your business. Right. So, I mean, I think you got to break that down a little, right? Because large organizations have been digital for decades now. Yes. Like, I'll give you an example. Trucking and logistics, right? Like, there's software that helps you manage the loading dock. Trucks come in, you fill them with stuff, trucks go out. Correct. Okay. So there's software. I mean, anybody, you remember the wire Then they were, when they're on the docks? There's like dock software. Yeah. Software all over the place. Yeah. Okay. So if you asked me 10 years ago, have you digitally transformed your business? People are going to go, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. No, my God. In the, in the early 90s, we were yeah. still using like, we were barely using spreadsheets. It was all pieces of paper moving around. Yeah. Now we're fully digital. This is something different. It is something different. It's about literally dismantling process as you as it exists today. I want to give an example because this is this shit is hard to define. That's right. I once uh, we had a problem with our our ticket. Uh, I was on a flight and there was an issue. I oh I didn't have my seat. They okay. somehow either overbooked me or something. Yeah. And the woman at the check in where you give them your bag needed to do a bunch of math. She was typing away. I don't know yeah. what she could have possibly been typing. They got those big keyboards that feel like they're from the 80s. And they're too. very clanky. Yeah. And I don't know what she moved around or fixed up or found or if there were locked seats for certain, whatever it was. She unlocked it for me. Issued me a brand new ticket. So the boarding pass that I printed at home was no good. That's right. She's like, I took care of this for you. Okay. okay? 
thumbs up, right? So now I go through security. Okay. I hang out for a little bit at Chili's to go. Okay. Which is a wonderful sort of miniaturized version of Chili's that's in the airport. No, it's really good. And you get like a plastic knife instead of a metal knife. Yeah. And the burrito tastes a little plasticky too. Yeah. No, that's good. Let's go right before you get on a plane to like Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to the gate. We're boarding. Yeah. It's time to board. I'm zone B or whatever. I give him my ticket that she'd printed for me, the new one, and it didn't work. Didn't work. It didn't work. Just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So what had essentially happened was this. The systems that fixed the ticket on her end hadn't updated the systems to board the plane. Sure. A didn't talk to B yet. A didn't talk to B Because it was like, it probably did it like every five minutes. Or whatever. Yeah. It was longer than that. But the way they fixed it was a phone call. Yeah. Another example. Real fast. Aetna has an online presence where you can go on and check your coverage and print your card and do all kinds of things. Yeah, sure it does. They also have prescription (laughs) services. Aetna has a crime masquerading as a website. It's an unbelievable experience. My my Chrome comes to a grinding halt. I have to close all other tabs. I I think that it might be the word. I would say that on aggregate, the aggregate of all of the restaurant websites in the world is probably the worst expression of how you're supposed to do digital. Yeah. Because the PDF menu. PDF menu. You know what I love to you just can't get the address. Yeah, yeah. You get a picture. There's a picture of a mason jar with a cocktail in it on a distressed wood table, and you cannot figure (laughs) out where the hell you're going. Nowhere to be. And then half the time you're in a cab. Yeah. And it's like, well, which street, sir? Yeah. And you're like, I can't. All I know is that the lighting is track. Yeah. So I would say restaurant websites are the worst, but health insurance websites. It's kind of incredible. Because they got you. You know what? It's captive. It's It's captive. You're already in Aetna. So it's not like... The only one that's different, I think, really, I mean, there's a couple, but Oscar is different. Oscar is like, hey, we're going to like bring you Ground in. up. Brand Brown, new. Yeah. No gonna, legacy. That's a digitally transformed. Look, man, there was a day where millions of people were dealing with Aetna through stuff in the mail and right. through phone calls and service centers. Oh, do you remember those phone calls? All of it. It was just, that's how you interacted. And customer experience now, digital and design yeah, they, they the term and right up to the big consulting firms, they 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 love to use the term user journeys. Yeah, and these are things I, I remember. I'm old enough, man, to remember when it was really hard to sell user experience. Oh yeah, services to big companies. They just didn't get it. They no, didn't want to get it. No, and it was too bizarre. It, it, right? it got lumped in with the building. There wasn't even product. You're, they were buying engineering services, and of course, we did a little design on top. That's right. And so this is part of it, right? Like we're looking at Aetna. Like it used to be you called Aetna and I was kind of as efficient as it got anywhere. Yeah. And Aetna went, how can we take that phone experience and get it onto this freaking internet that everybody's complaining about? And there's a, there's a thing before, because I can see where you're going with this. They actually, what they do is they, they would take like the old terminal applications, like they would run on giant IBMs and it'd be like this green screen. Oh, yeah. I've been on projects where it's essentially the front end, the web experience is just tapping like Pearl. It's secretly filling out a terminal in the background. Like, yeah, it's not quite as bad as like a robot that types, but it's it's, it's all but it's like a virtual robot that types into the old green boxes on the old terminal with a web front end. That's still how organizations and that's like your logistics companies and so on. The ones that got digitized early, yeah, they came to the web with that mindset, yeah, and that's who is actually currently now the furthest behind. 
people think everyone's done it. Nobody's done it. Apparently, there are studies out there that it's like trillions in costs and in, in spending will happen to get people there. I had surgery recently. Right. And you have to Oof. check into a hospital. Hospital information systems. Dude, I wasn't at, like, there's check-in, which has nothing to do with medicine. There's no nurses no, yet. You're, no, like, no. at the ground floor, and you have to be admitted now, there's no yeah. nurses. There's nobody telling me to change into a robe or whatever. It's just purely administrative. It's just, it's like, a, I, I did, I remember last time we did it, we were about to go have twins. It's like going to a bank. It's like going to a bank. You it's know, just the, purely administrative. They're behind the table. There's probably legal stuff associated with mm-hmm. it in the process. This woman opens up what looked like an old style. Do you remember when in WordPerfect and when you got into like, menu items and work oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, So what you have is God God bless them. These these developers were creating what they saw as how people wanted to fill out forms. And when I'm talking about forms, I'm not talking about web forms. I'm talking about like driver's license forms. Yeah, yeah. They simulated it on the screen. And mm-hmm. this woman is tapping through at breakneck speed. Sure. Zipping through these brackets and filling stuff in Her as she's asking me questions. getting more of those done a day. Oh, for sure. There's right. people waiting, right? Mm-hmm. I was waiting and there are people behind me. And you could I ask that question, like, why would a modern... But come on, come on. This is just, this why is Occam's razor. Like, everyone's like, ah, oh, why aren't they more modernized? Because, first of all, hospital information systems show up in, like, the 1950s, right? So they're locked in. There's a way to do it. It aligns with government and legal regulations, and the cost, Security paranoia right. is the, another big one. The cost to bring this stuff along, like once you're in deep, it's very hard because you, you really have two choices. You can stay at the level you're at and just start to try to layer on top and just maybe you'll get there one day or you can rip the whole damn thing out and you can yeah. start over. The only way to rip the whole thing, the whole damn thing out happens is if a new leader comes in and the, the big boss of the hospital system says, we're done We're doing it. Here's $300 million. The biggest challenge with ripping that whole thing out is it takes time. It takes a year to figure out what you're going to do. Once you decide to commit the money and do it. It's 10 years. It's it's years. Like, I mean, you might get results in two years. You might be able to solve something critical. But to really get like a full hospital system. It takes years. It's years. It's years. and Because you got to train everybody. Like, it's just, it's endless. It isn't just that. It's that. The stomach, what people don't realize is you don't hit pause on a business and then go do this. It would be done eight times faster. You still have to continue to maintain. You're still running a business. You have to update the old system. Otherwise, you spend, you know, let's say five years. It's the super accelerated program. So why modernize? Why bother? You're running. The hospital's working. Why do it? Devil's advocate here for a second. You know, first of all, I would say that without strong C-level leadership, don't do it. Okay. Like, so I, I feel that people... Right from the top advocacy to yeah. do it. Literally, you have to have a CEO who is willing to say, this is two weeks of this year. I'm going to spend you know, 80 hours this year delegating and taking responsibility for the digital transformation project that's going to happen throughout my organization. Yeah. And that's really hard for them to do. That is like that's an enormous amount of time for a CEO to spend on any one. Oftentimes they hire that executive to be the one. To but do it's it. still got to come from the top because it's not. If you're talking about real digital transformation here, it's clearly not just like the CTO and CIO. No, it's your finance organization. It's your human resources. I mean, it's the like, business case here 
I mean, you've, you hear it in different ways. One is the bank across the streets, their app, yeah. they're depositing checks on, your, on that app. You've got four months. Somebody has given that mandate and whatever money they need to let me deposit checks on that app. Again. You have to uh, do it. You have no choice. So competitive pressure is one reason. It's okay, but I, how many times have you seen that mandate fail? No, true. It true. almost always fails. It's Compa- probably one of the biggest public failures of a massive technology mandate is the Obamacare debacle. And that was, that was all due to the, uh, and it was, a, it was a regulatory framework. They just, they overbuilt that thing. And it was hundreds of millions of dollars. Crashed. It went live. People are trying to get insurance and it crashed again right. and again and they couldn't keep it up. It's and just it was this a real embarrassment. Vast, monstrous legacy system. Yeah. They had to change the way that the government acquired and implemented technology services. Like it was right. so screwed up. Yes. And then a crack team came in and basically kind of built it ground up using a modern framework yep. that was known to scale. Correct. And, and could support millions of simultaneous users. And they got it done. I mean, but. Uh, enormous pain. That to me was an amazing example. And again, this is a different world, right? But like, that's where open source is really good. That should have been, why are we building things for the government in secret? There could have been a, a collaborative public presence there driven by a small team right? where that code was going right into the comments. It just wasn't in the agenda, right? Like, it's one framework, one solution. There are a lot of pieces to this. Uh-huh. There are a lot of pieces. To, I mean, the truth is if you're not able to transact on the web or on your phone, you're kind of screwed. You have to get there. We haven't even gotten to the part that people touch and, and deal with as consumers, right? That's right. right? If, so it's like the, the, sometimes you've got the wiring. It's all there. It's just like, the experience is shit. It's like and, there's a failure stack. Like there's the technical failure. There's the cultural failure. Yeah. And then there's design failure. There's design failure. And you could make the case that it's taken the longest to come around on the design stack. A layer of the stock. Well, this drives me crazy, right? Because first of all, the whole world loves to consume products that are well-designed. Loves it. Everybody likes I mean, Apple's their, proven it, right? Their I mean, water bottle. Yeah, but it's not just that. It's people like their oh, shoes oh, and their oh, hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves design. Design to drive- A speaker, a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. That's just beautiful and minimalist. But and- curtains, a chair. It's driven consumer behavior for hundreds of years. But then you, you get in there and you're like, hey, you know, if we think a little bit about the design of this app, we could probably make all of the users more productive and happy. And they're like, yeah. It's because, I mean, engineers have terrible taste. I mean, that's been the case. I mean, it's the famous Steve Jobs quote about how Microsoft has no taste. Here's what happens. Engineers have engineering taste. An engineering culture is like, I need to give the user all the options because I myself like all the options. It's so thick. That's right. It's just so thick. That's right. So a good engineering interface is a configuration file that has all the different variables and you fill it out in a text editor, save it, and then the application runs. And oh my God, that is great. Have you ever seen the menu of options when you log into AWS? Oh, yeah. It is something. Amazon Web Services, you log in and it's like 60 or 70 little meaningless icons. It's tiny little links. (laughs) And they all have names that aren't really helpful. It's like S- it's remarkable. S3 is a great example. S3 is a storage uh, framework that you can use to host files yeah. all over Amazon's clouds. Yeah. And what the hell does S3 mean? No. Yeah, rather than say like file storage file, or Amazon data storage file storage or whatever. Or object place yeah. or just no. anything. It S3. is unbelievable. And it's like an operating system. You're in the whole yeah. world there. Yeah. What is amazing is that 
the amount of money that is required to be invested into design compared to overall engineering and long-term support is way smaller. Much smaller. Yeah. Do you know how many wasted freaking cycles exist around AWS? Like 20% of the brain power of modern coding yeah. and development is just thrown down a hole, but it's, it's engineers who are like, well, I guess I'll learn it. Yeah. And, and they get in there and they do it. And look, I'm, that's my mindset too. Like I get it, but Oh my God, what if there'd been a simple document for me to read and yeah. some helpful and not just like some crappy YouTube tutorial, but something yeah. good. Well, I, I think what this is coming down to, this isn't about, Oh, design's important. I think what it's coming down to is that we're finally starting to think about design enmeshed inside of the product building experience, right? And you're starting to see it, by the way. You're starting, like, if you visit, like, a you know, a behemoth like McKinsey. Yeah. Like, design and user journeys and all that stuff is in their language now. And their customers are realizing that it is part of the value proposition. You know who has a really loud voice here? Or a really, they're not loud, actually. People don't talk about them as much as you'd think. IBM has some really interesting assets. There's a a whole framework from IBM you can download to build apps. They use it for their own apps and so on. It's a very good, very well thought through design framework. Right. That is a commitment to a very kind of high level design as a key part of overall digital transformation. We're going to make things available through common platforms. We're going to give people tools that they need to access them. And it's not going to be puzzling as to what button A does or if a thing is a button or a link or whatever. Like we're going to we're going to resolve these issues before we get to the consumer. I think the way they're thinking about it is that design isn't a phase or a discipline, but actually a, it's like it's no different than an arc saying, I'm going to go ahead and build this skyscraper, but I'm going to skip the architect. But let's be clear, right? And the designer. This is, this is common sense to us. It's just taken an unbelievably long time. Why to isn't this common sense? I, probably because it's born, I think for many, many years, it, it was born out of branding and marketing. And I don't think they saw it as utility. That's something that goes with, oh, you know, if we're doing a consumer app and this will, if we need it to line up with our marketing. What's design? Well, I mean, 1975, What when you say design, what does that mean? It uh, means interior design. Or magazines. It means magazines. Yeah. It means... That marketing used, that used to be the graphic designer pole position graphic you, you, design you did it you redesigned a magazine. illustration yep. and the like and and then you have you know this other continent that that took over the world this empire that arose out of engineering and engineering thinking and how you're going to um you're gonna that xerox machine and those ibm computers are gonna make you much more efficient i mean did you really want xerox to lead the way here Here's the thing with these companies, and this I want to be mindful of this, because there's one straightforward narrative that we all shine onto, which is like, oh, you should be the next Apple. IBM is very successful. They're huge. Everyone's like, IBM's failing. I don't know. They, they've been failing since I was born, and they're <laughs> enormous. Uh, Microsoft is another one. Everybody just like rang the death bells for Microsoft, and right. they're making more money off of like SQL Server than we will ever see in our life. You could fill our office with gold bars. And it would mean nothing. Oh, it's still huge. Right. So, I mean, it's just like there's a scale and a scope and so on. And they're no longer cool and they're no longer centered to the narrative. And they're really like 
you know, Microsoft is like 30 divisions kind of like coming along and they're never going to be, they're never going to have the force they did in the, in, you know, when they, they released still make Win- ungodly amounts of money. No, I mean, but you know, when they released windows 95, the Rolling Stones sang, start me up and every paper in the world, put it on the front newspaper print right. page, right? Yeah. Like that's just never coming back for Microsoft. No, no. And, and, you know, back to why it took so long for design to come into the conversation. I think that's what it is. I think culturally it's just, it's grounded in engineering. It's grounded in the technical. It's grounded in in the thing that functionally worked in a magical way. And design was just not viewed as high value yet. And and I think that the, the professions also, that were understood. It's hard. Design done well around digital is hard. Design Apple's hard. Apple's willing to throw money at it. It took Microsoft decades to get really good. Like Windows 3.1 was bright and shiny and it looked like a candy box and you could open it up and you could use it. And it was, you know, 95 had the start part. Like they were always good at something. The problem with Windows was that they'd get one or two good core ideas and then they would just allow garbage to take over. Because AOL would show up and be like, how about we put our, you know, our, our icon on the homepage and we, or on your start screen and we make yeah. it sticky so it's really hard to erase. Yep. And, and Microsoft would, or Dell, the reseller, would go like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I, I mean, that's, that's... So it's not just a good idea. You then have to protect it forever. Right, exactly. That's what makes it hard. Yeah. And, and to this day, they probably have a huge, huge design team at Microsoft. All right, but wait, we sell design into large services. I, I think it's companies. worth noting. We don't call them designers at Postlight, Paul. What do we call them, Rich? We call them product designers. That's right. The, In the same way that we call ourselves a product studio as opposed to an agency. It's The spirit behind it is that the designer is not peripheral, that they're key to the quality of the product, to the definition of the product, how the product's going to be differentiated. This, this is key, right? It's, it's not some add-on. Like it's very, I think this is where we're kind of, we, we're wrestling with this in this conversation that like, People see design as this thing that you add on to technology. And it's not. The engagement will fail if design doesn't lead. I think that's right. Like, we will not be able to deliver to you the services that you, when you come to us and you say, hey, I want you to build a new thing and it should be cool and it should be good. And we're like, great, a designer's going to lock in and get going on that. That is because that cuts risk that the whole freaking thing is going to fall apart. If we don't have that designer in there at the outset, the risk goes up hugely. Absolutely. So I think like when people are like, oh, you know, it, it's not, it's not separate. It's only separate because it's like slightly different people and there's different legacies and different schools that people go to. They're, and stuff. they're key. They're, I mean, yeah. they're, they're in, in many ways the, the drivers uh, to a large extent around the engagements we do. This to me too is like whenever we rarely do. Worth noting, zero design work. Like you know, build a batch processing thing. This is kind of what we say. There are always interfaces associated with our work. When we say we're not a body shop, which people are like, what's that even mean? It's because if you just throw like engineers at a problem, it rarely solves anything. Correct. Again, unless it's like... Well, if there's like a set of discrete tickets and tasks in order to get something to completion, like that that makes perfect sense. Non-visual. At which stage design is done. Correct. You've made it. You've made a call. But if you need to solve a problem, a product is that, that does not yet exist, and you think that you can do design later, you're just kind of wrong. Like, it won't happen. Yeah. You can do it. You can go ahead and build something. 
there are ways like, and this is tricky, right? Because there's also kind of prototyping and messing with things and then kind of like seeing where you get with a pure technology solution and then going to designers and saying, what do you think of this? And right. That That's a different story too. But like the real, if you're going to do anything, you're going to talk to design and you're going to say, what are we building here? And then engineering is going to come in and have a conversation as well. Like it's not, it's, it's a dialogue. part of one big thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so to organically pitch Postlight in the middle of this, Paul, <laughs> um, we're an amazing team of designers, engineers, and product leaders that build everything, design yeah. and build everything to large scale for mobile, web, everywhere. Hello at postlight.com. How is that? Right. Was That's that good. Smooth? Look, it's not, it's not like some, uh, it's not an assembly line. There's not no. You know, it doesn't they do really good work. It's not. I mean, worth no. noting that we were finalists in the Fast Company Innovation and Design Awards this year. Feels good. Some- Two years in, we're we're starting to get in there. Beautiful. All right, I'm coming to you, Rich, and I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to say something. I'm going to be the client. You ready? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So we need it, but also we need our brand to really show up in this product. Like it's important. We we have a really well known brand and okay. identity. I got the logo file over here. Uh, and this will have like 30,000 options and it'll deliver news and allow you to track your heart rate. So, so, but anyway, the brand, um, so what do you do now? Well, let's assume a branding firm came up with a, a, a brand yeah. document. Yeah, I'm not going to send you like a JPEG and a word document. I've got this thing over here that says, yeah, here's I mean, how the brand works. At the very least, it's more treated like a skin. Uh-huh. So colors, typography, yes. the logo, yes. things like but that. But the definition of that user, that those user profiles that you're targeting, like is this for kids? Is it for, you know, shoppers? Is it That's for That's right. If my brand is G Wiz Kids and my color is yellow, as opposed to if my brand is like Finance Professionals International or something sure. like that. Sure. And and that not only influences the the coding, the skin of the thing, but also how the interactions work. Well, you've right? been talking I mean, a big game about design, Mister Mister Guy. Yeah. So like, I, I mean, I know I know I need to get this thing built. I mean, it doesn't take that much work to build an app, right? And I got my brand here. So why are you trying to like tell me I need all these designers working on it? Because the designers need to think about how that user is going to interact with the thing, not just what they look at. This isn't a billboard. It's an actual. It's actually a piece of software that people are going to interact with and live with and touch, literally touch these days. There was a day when you used to say touch metaphorically, but now they're touching it. And that experience is often the make or break. Design can attract people. I've seen so many email clients that tell you about how they're going to put you on a beach because they took all the buttons away. Have you seen, like it's a trend. I'm going to say, if you go on product hunt and you look through the, there are probably 7 million applications, 6,900,000 of them are to-do lists or email clients. Yeah, to-do list apps. We just can't help ourselves. Are going to like, you know, brighter day or something. And you know why? You know why? Because people are, have a fantasy that if they make it a little bit different, they're going to be happy. And then they aren't. Yeah. Okay, so this is the argument, right? Like I'm going to show up with my brand and I need you to build something. And you're like, I got to fill the space in between. And I have to think like, about the interactions, yeah. how people are going to interact Who with this is thing. going to be using this? Who and how and when? Is this a thing you pick up before you go to bed? Is this a That's right. thing you're living with all day long? Is it? And it's not as simple. Like, sure, the kids app has a talking squirrel that tells you how to use it. And the engineering app ha- or the, 
the spreadsheet like app has like pop-ups that say do this, but Correct. it's actually the same thing. It's the same software development. Yeah. It's just one has a squirrel, yeah. right? And that's the work of the designer. It's actually this, and like one is no easier to program than the other. No, it's and it, oftentimes kids software is hard. It really is. It yeah. really, you got it. Cause it can't, you can't assume that they know. No. And the design puzzles there are even more interesting. Testing is hugely valuable there. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing. People show up in this world and they say, I got a platform that I need to build and I have this brand. And that's bringing those two worlds together is the job of design. I think, and I think the world is finally starting to get it. I mean, I just read those headlines off of IBM. Yeah. Which means that big business and 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 people are getting it. Well, but you just man, don't there's have a, a lot choice. that's out there if that's you, behind. If you just pick a framework and build the app for kids, you failed. Yeah. And if you just sort of, and it's the same is actually true. Like, what is different about your product? There's 8 million things that look exactly like everything else. Are yeah. you going to try? Yeah. So that's, that's what it's about. Like design is about making that least possible effort. My God, just right. don't, you know, don't throw a bunch of candy corn on the floor and call that dinner. You know, don't do that. <laughs> All right. So that gives us some, that gives us an understanding. Absolutely. Okay. Design matters. Design matters. Yes, it sure does. That's, that's, I mean, uh, all right. I all right. Can, design is a first class citizen sitting next to uh, engineering nowadays. And to do great product work, they really have to dance together. It breaks my heart how expensive it is to get anything done. I hate being the bearer of that news to people. It's hard because it's it just is like, hard because you're like, good people, work is expensive. Uh, and it's just, and it actually, to do this right, it has to all fit together and it's painful. Because what I want to say, I often say to our clients, there's a $0 solution for you. Just, you can't, but there's no design. Like, you just sort of glue some stuff together and cross your fingers. Right. And then it just goes up from there. Yeah. But the reality is, especially given how much of the sort of larger world is defined by big platforms like like Apple and Microsoft, yeah. and like, design is your key differentiator. Yeah. It's, it's what you need if you want to succeed. Okay. Well, design. Hello at postlight.com. If you need uh, design and, and you need something built, that's who you talk to. It's me and Rich who get those emails and we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.